Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday morning messages are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, enjoy the message. Well, as we're finishing up the offering there, we're starting that new series. And if you missed any of the, the, the last series, went five weeks on the Better Call Paul, so you can go to our website or go to the app and you can, uh, you can work with that. Uh, find any of the parts that you may have missed and uh, very excited about continuing to offer that. Now, we're starting a new series, as you know. First of all, I want to thank everyone that filled out a card for that. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time to fill it out. And so we have quite a few cards. We're excited about that. Pastor Jamie and I sat down. We've kind of categorized these things. And so we're kind of looking at about a nine-week, 10-week, take us through the summer to answer a lot of your questions. We're going to do our very best. What we've done is categorized them into about nine or 10 different categories. And so I'll handle one of those today. And then we're going to use some create other creative methods to kind of answer those questions as we get into the series. Um, and then also, there are some questions that were pretty hard to address in a public situation. So some of you got very specific and very personal. And that's awesome. Glad you did that. So instead of necessarily answering those from the pulpit, what we're going to do is we're creating a blog. And we're going to, of course, an anonymously place of which all the questions were, but we'll place those questions on the blog, and then we'll do our best to answer them there, okay, using scripture and, and some references for you. So today, though, we're going to begin with one question, then I'll get into the group question, but somebody wrote on their card, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And I couldn't ignore that one. I just thought, man, that, that's, that's, I got to go for that. So anyway, I looked it up, did a little research, and basically, there's several different answers to this, and, and it goes like this. A woodchuck could chuck wood as much wood as a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. That's one answer. Or so much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. And I thought, well, that's not really answering the question. So let's keep pushing on. He would chuck if he could chuck as much wood as he could and chuck as much wood as a woodchuck would if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Still, man, you're not, you're not focusing in there. You're not helping me. Finally, one guy said, none. Woodchucks can't chuck wood. Well, I don't know, man. It kind of looks like chucking to me. But if they could, it was determined that there'd be about 700 pounds of wood in a single day. There you go. So we got to it, about 700 pounds. That's a lot of wood for a woodchuck. Also known as a groundhog, by the way. All right. So we're going to start off with these questions today, as this was a grouping that I put together first, and, and it's basically how to hear God's voice. And that was asked quite a few times. Okay, how do I know I'm hearing God's voice? How do I, I listen to God? And several others that kind of, to me, they're all connected. How do I deal with doubts? How do I deal with insecurities? How do I know I'm following in the will of God? And what do I do when I feel stuck? and I'm unsure about my purpose in life. Okay, so I'm going to go after these because I really believe that most of those questions are, asked, are, are, are answered with the first one. In other words, some of these things can really be helped and healed and answered when you learn how to hear the voice of God. So I want to start there and then show you how, they, how, how, how you can answer these questions uh, as best I can in the time that we have. They're all what I call relationship, and great relationship God questions. So let's start with this. Number one, God is speaking, okay? 
The Bible teaches us that God is speaking. However, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that God is speaking, but men often fail to perceive it. It says that God is always speaking. So God is communicating to men and women on earth. But the question is, are we listening? Okay, so we're gonna start with that. The Bible says that God is speaking. In the past, of course, God spoke audibly, and there was a question on that. You know, why doesn't God speak the way he used to, you know, in the Old Testament to Adam and Eve and in other, other places? Well, the, the, a simple answer to that is that actually God has improved upon that. God has improved, and you'll see what I mean, in that God has created inside us, he's brought to life our, our ability. See, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, people who knew God, who saw God, God had to interrupt their life in a loud, boisterous, and audible way because they were still laboring under the fact that they were not saved. They were not redeemed. But in the New Testament, because of what Jesus did for us, he sent us a gift. He sent us a built-in communicator. Who knows what his name is? The Holy Spirit. We've been given now the ability, the red line hot phone to the throne, and God will speak to us through the Holy Spirit. And so he is speaking. He's ready to speak to you. And so he uses many different ways to do that. Now, ultimately, and the one that, that I have cultivated in my own personal relationship with God is to be able to listen to what is called the still, small voice. And the still, small voice of God is one that where God is not yelling at you. God is not you know, berating you. God is not doing anything but ever just tenderly speaking to you. But often, God is speaking in such a way as that it's, it's like a gentle dove, that he is whispering into our ear. He's trying to communicate. But a lot of times, our, our soul is so busy. It's so caught up with the cares of this world. It, and we, it, we busy ourselves so much that we don't take time to listen. And so that's the first big thing, is that we need to take time to listen. But God can also use the word of God. And he does quite often. If you read the word of God daily, and you'll see why that's so important, but God can speak to you. Can, words can just jump off the page to you. You can just say, you can be reading a verse and say, whoa, I just asked that question. And there it was answered. And the Holy Spirit just kind of breathes on that thing. And you just oh man, God is speaking. Really the bigger thing here is, I see you're looking at me out there, is tuning your ear and your hunger and your expectation, which is huge, your expectation is that God wants to speak to me and that I am ready to hear him. So that's, that's huge. Now, I'll, I'll share some of my personal story with this. When I was a young and first had get, gotten saved, you know, uh, gave my life to Christ, I had no teaching. I had none. I grew up, I was not in the church. I, I mean, if I did, it was like Christmas and Easter, but I had no understanding of the Bible at all. And so when I first gave my life to Christ, it was just a very simple conversion to say, wow, give my life to Jesus. I go to heaven. He forgives my sin. Great deal. I'm in. And then I began to read in the Bible and I began to hear people talking about listening to God. And I was like, okay, I'll start listening. So I, that's what I did. I had no, there was no conflict. There was no sense that, well, is that today or is that not for today? Is this what Christians supposed to have? Or, you know, is it only the Bible or can God, I was just like, well, God, if God is speaking, I'm going to listen. And so I used to go for long walks. I'll never forget it. Vicky, it was all, you guys, it was all downtown Greenville, man. I just went and burned up the sidewalks of Greenville. And who knows, you might have seen me walking around there. But I, mean, I would bundle up in the wintertime, but I would just be listening. And I'd just be talking to God because so many things were coming up. And, and guess what? God began to speak to me. Because again, I was, I was not 
uh, my expectation was that a very simple, childlike expectation that God was going was, was to speak. And so I heard him. Now, as I began, of course, to learn that God can speak to you in many different ways, as, as I've already said. But it's, again, this really hinges upon this big word that I shared last week, belief, faith. If, if you believe God wants to speak to you, then guess what? You're going to hear it, pure and simple. Now, Jesus confirms all that I've just said with you in John chapter 16, 12 through 15. Let me read it. It says, Jesus says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So obviously, Jesus is saying, look, I've got a lot more to give to you. John said that the books could not fill all that Jesus taught. And yet, Jesus is full of more of what he wants to share with us. And he had a plan for that. Check it out. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Interesting. So the Holy Spirit has got a specific set of things he is going to tell us. He's going to lead us into truth. He is going to even speak to us about things yet to come. So there's a prophetic element for every single Christian. This is your Savior speaking to you, by the way. He's speaking to us, saying, look, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, which did come in Acts chapter uh, 2, and the the Holy Spirit comes to every person who gives their life to Jesus Christ. You're you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we can talk more about that later, about how you can be ongoing filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is right there, and he's talking, and he's ready to lead you into truth. He's going to help you, and he uses some other words. We'll get to those. I'm going to tell you what's yet to come. Prophetic element. Verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that you will receive what he will make known to you. So he's saying what the Holy Spirit is telling you is direct link to Jesus himself. So we go back to the beginning of that verse. He said, God, Jesus said, I got more to tell you. So isn't that cool? Your Savior said, man, I, I want to talk to you. I've got a lot to tell you. The Holy Spirit is ready to communicate to you and make what is known in heaven known to you. That's pretty cool stuff. And that's stuff I want to hear. How about you? You want to hear what Jesus wants to speak to you? If he has, if he knows the glorious things that are in heaven and he wants to make them known, they used to be a mystery to the people in the Old Testament. But but the Bible tells us that we no longer live in a mystery. We live in knowing. And God wants to reveal it to you. That's pretty cool. And again, he says, he will glorify me. And it's all going to come back to Christ. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. He's saying, look, you know, when it comes to why this is true is that the Father has placed all things under my feet and that the Holy Spirit is, is in conjunction with all of this and he's going to communicate it. He said, that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and he will make it known to you. So why do sometimes people not be not able to hear the voice of God? I mean, to me, I mean, I hate to sound, you know, uh, you know, facetious or, or to make anyone feel badly. From my vantage point, I'm like, man, all Christians should be listening. We should all be hearing from God. But I do understand there are some that, that might have a problem or may just kind of like, I'm not sure what I'm hearing is God and, and so on and so forth. So I want to deal with that a little bit. So many do not hear because they're fearful. But let me just answer that right off the bat. There's no reason to fear. We know that perfect love casts out all fear, that we now in our relationship, it, it, this is a relationship of love. This is a relationship of peace. He's the lover of your soul, and he's only got wonderful things to say to you. 
Now, there's times when the Holy Spirit will speak to us and say, hey, look, you might not want to do that. That's not a good idea, but it's always out of love. It's never condemning. We know that. It might have some conviction to it. It might have a little bit of, hey, you might not want to do that, kind of a correction, but it's always in love every single time. So we have no reason to fear our God. With the coming of Jesus and the giving of the Holy Spirit, we have a comforter, a counselor, and an encourager indwelling us right now. Amazing. People pay $100 an hour for a counselor, but you got one living inside you. And if you will take the time to bring your anxieties and your fears and your struggles to him, he is ready to speak to you, to, to, to comfort you, to strengthen your inner braces, to help you get perspective. Isn't it sometimes just a matter of perspective? I mean, you panic, right? We've all been there. Ah! And also we lose perspective. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what is God doing. We might doubt, you know, the love of God. We might doubt what's happening. It happens to us all. But when we go to the Lord and just say, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, speak to me. Comfort me. That's his job, to comfort you, to encourage you. He may not tell you, okay, well, look, you just got in a wreck because of this, 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 and this. And then in the next following days, this, this, and this is going to happen. And if you hang in there, then you're going to experience this, this, and this. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you might get a sense of, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but it's going to work out. And that's sometimes what we need to develop. As a matter of fact, every time, we need to develop that kind of faith. That when we go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on right now. And the comforter comes to you and says, it's going to be okay. That's what we need. Because God's, it's going to be okay, is a lot better than anybody else's. Even the insurance company. Right? It's going to be okay. Yeah, but been there and heard that before, right? Here's 50% of what we promised you. God says, you get 100% of what I promise you. So no reason to be fearful. And knowing that that comfort is there, that counselor to help us take those steps, and again, encourage us along the way. He's there. And so to hear him speak is something that I think is so incredibly important that you develop. And that's exactly right. You really need to train your ear. You know, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. If you're a sheep and he's your master, it takes time. Because in the beginning, I remember there still was a lot of flesh in me. I was, I was listening, but I didn't always want to hear. In, in other words, my mind and my heart were not always attuned to, well, I, I'm ready to listen to anything you have to say. A lot of times what we do, folks, is we, we create an expectation that is only based on what we want to hear. We do that in human relationships, right? I mean, I do it sometimes at home. Everybody, somebody might try to bring up some church business, and I'm like, up, up, up. I don't want to talk about church business, man. I'm like, just... That's hard to do in our family when everybody's involved in the church business. It's like, nope, let's talk about something. Yeah, change subject. Let's talk about something else. And we can do that when this, uh, uh, you know, topics that bring us discomfort begin to come up, we're like, no, 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 don't want to talk about it. Holy Spirit begins to speak and say, you know, you might not want to be in that kind of relationship. No, 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 I'm going to, or you might not want to look at that. You might not want to speak that. You might not want to go there. But we need to train ourselves to know that God loves us. And when he speaks those things, he's helping us. And if we really get rocking and rolling, then we move to another level altogether. And you know what that is? listening to the warnings, being way ahead of the game. 
Actually, Proverbs speaks about that. Proverbs speaks about having so much wisdom inside you that you're able, to, you're able to foresee the evil and go another way. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate wisdom. He's the ultimate wise guy. So you go to him and just say, Lord, I ask you to help me today. Would you give me promptings? Would you convict my heart? Would you lead me? Would you help me? Would you speak to me? Would you direct to me? And he'll do it. He will absolutely do it. So we want to get to the point where we are so sensitive to the unction of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we recognize his voice like a sheep to a master. Very much so. And that takes some training. That takes experience. I don't know any Christian who's able to do that right off the bat. It takes usually many, many years to really develop that ear to hear, that discernment, because there are many voices. There's at least three. There's your own voice, right? There's the Holy Spirit who's speaking, but then there's also the enemy. You say, wow, the enemy speaks to me? Yeah, he does. He sure does. He whispers in your ear. He can't read your mind. But he ta- and this is really actually another teaching, but whatever comes out of your mouth then becomes a, a point of record, by the way. It becomes a point of record as far as the enemy is concerned. And so he creates a dossier on you. And the dossier is based upon your weaknesses, your struggles. And so, of course, he's going to come in and he's going to use deception and lies and all the different things to kind of speak and to try to lead you. But if you are reading the word of God and you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and as you learn the difference, which is by the Holy Spirit gives us that gift of discernment, and that's cool, it's just that you'll know the difference. You'll divide between, what does the word of God tell us in Hebrews 4 or something like that? Dividing between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, those things which are spirit, those which are things that are flesh, even those which are things that are evil. He's ready to help you do that. So we're talking, we're talking uh, God speaking to us 401 when we get to that level. And I'm telling you right now, folks, you can get there. You can get there. So my experience, as I shared with you, man, was just start to listen. Just start to ask. And, and when? And so you say, well, how do you know? Well, first of all, it's going to come with peace. It's going to come with peace. Anything that God speaks to you is not going to have strife or anxiety, all right? We know he's not condemning. Jesus promised us that there in John, that he did not come to condemn the world nor to condemn us. Now, he might bring conviction, but more often than not, it always comes with peace. It always is coated with the grace of God. That's how you know it is. You might feel conviction, but God is saying, you know, look, it's going to be okay. We're going to move forward. I'm going to help you with this. He might drop a verse of scripture into your mind. He might drop a person that you need to go see and talk to. The Holy Spirit might just say, you know what? You can't do this on your own anymore. It's time for you to go and talk with someone. Holy Spirit, he's working. And it's always going to be, again, filled with that that peace and that joy that that, uh, Justin spoke of. And I love the way he described it because it's so true. Joy is not always exuberance. Joy is actually, more in the Hebrew, a quiet calm. That joy is just like, ah, summer day of 72, quiet lake, gentle Canadian breeze. Lord, help me. Anyway, <laughs> doubt can only be conquered by hearing and believing the word of God. Doubts do arise on several cases. They're going to come. But when you start to experience doubt, because that was one of the questions, what do I do with my doubt? Well, doubt is a symptom, friends. And that 
you know, this is, this is counseling. This is biblical counseling. This is pastoral counseling. If you're struggling with doubt, it's indicative of something deeper, okay? Doubt is only let in the door if you're a believing Christian. Doubt is only let in the door when there's something else we've done to violate our conscience. And the enemy is the clarion caller of doubt. He will use doubt to confuse Christians. Absolutely. So how do you get there? A few reasons why you might be struggling with doubt is you're, you're ha- you're not, you have not given your life to Christ, okay? So you might struggle with doubt because somebody, I was t- talking with someone in between services and they were saying, you know, somebody came to ask me, well, how can you believe in something you can't see? And I'm like, look, ultimately, faith comes from God. It's something we can't conjure. That's why, so ma- that's why it says, many are called, few are chosen. The gospel will be preached to every, every soul on the planet, but not every soul will believe. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9, God does that. So that's a very difficult thing to answer to an unbeliever. How do I get faith? Don't know. Cry out to God. Ask him to give you a revelation. Ask him to do something new and fresh in your heart. But it really comes down to what is God doing inside you? If you've not given your life to Christ, you need to do so today. And that opens the door to all of these wonderful things in the spirit realm that I'm sharing with you. Secondly, might have doubt because you do not have enough of word of God in you. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, that might be the answer to that, to that question that I just started with. How do you, where does faith come from? Well, it comes from hearing the word of God. But some people, they need more. But that is the element, and that's what the Bible tells us. So if you need more faith, you're a believer, and you're struggling, like, I don't know how to, to grow in my faith, read more Bible, because it has a supernatural ability to fill you with faith, not just knowledge, but faith to believe, and that's powerful. So you might need more word in you. You're currently, lit, well, and, in, and in, see, I, I don't want to skip over that too quickly, because it needs to be more specific. If you're doubting whether God can heal you, then you need to read the word regarding God's healing. If you're struggling with God's love for you, then you need to read all the verses on God's love for you. There's a whole section of verses on if you're struggling with uh, uh, security. We, we, I, I provide these in the counseling situations. It's about two sheets of all the verses on God's, why you should be secure in God. And so you need to just inundate your soul and your mind with that and let it get filled. And then the word has the power to go and to deposit faith into the inner recesses of your thinking so that when you begin to struggle and doubt, you, I mean, you immediately go to the truth. Yeah, but that's not what the Bible tells me. God will never leave me nor forsake me. That the joy of the Lord is my strength. And these are things I begin to put my hope and faith in and they actually materialize in the form of actual faith and security. These, it's, it's tough to talk of things spiritual, but they're, 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 they still have a sense practical. And that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you what we know, and that's where you need to go. Start with the word of God. Let God do the miraculous work inside you, and he'll do it. Um, you could be laboring under a false understanding of what Christ has done for you, especially on the cross. I just spent a whole section on that going through the book of Galatians. And I encourage you, folks, because that was a lot. And, and I was talking with Jamie, and, and we went back over that because there were some questions about grace. And I was like, you know what? You need to go back and listen to that message or go over those notes and then in conjunction with reading through the book of Galatians again because we, I got some questions that kind of surprised me. I was like, whoa, man, 
Did you not just go through the series? What about, what about, call, uh, what about Better Call Paul? And I thought, well, man, we need to go back. But that's okay. It, you know, sometimes when a false gospel has been placed and entrenched inside us, it may take some time for that truth to get in there and search and destroy some of those lies. So if you're struggling with doubt, again, it could be you're laboring under some bad doctrine, bad teaching that has gotten into you so deep, especially if you grew up with it, especially if it was the primary uh, you know, uh, example of, of teaching that you got. It can work way deep inside you, and it's time. Paul would say, man, who has bewitched you? Who's causing you to stumble, to fall back into this legalism? What, is, what has caused you to what began in grace that now you're trying to finish in works? That's why Paul was so upset about that. You need to go back. Don't labor under that, that lie. And then the big question regarding hearing God's voice is, are you listening? And if you're doubting, it could be you're just not listening. And you say, well, I am listening. Well, there are different levels of that. I explained. You know, we might want to only listen to God about certain parts of our life, especially those things prophetic, spiritual, and happy, which really gets me, you know, it really frustrates me because I think sometimes we get into this psychobabble Christianity. In other words, I mean, I'm not trying to be hard. I, I know that pastors are trying their very, very best to be outreach-oriented on Sunday mornings. In other words, to, to kind of make it a really happy gospel on Sundays and then let the Holy Spirit kind of work. And I, I understand the philosophy behind it, but I love what Paul says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So in other words, my take on this is that, you know what, I'm just going to teach the Bible. Is doing it as is, 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 is lovingly as I possibly can. But I think the psychobabble, the things that what we want to hear, the itching ears are just like, just tell me that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And think of about 365, well, what, 52 weeks of ways you can tell me that. And I think that's not healthy. I don't think that's healthy at all. It's the milk when we need the meat. And I, I think that when it comes to that, uh, when it comes to listening, sometimes we've trained our ear to only hear those things which are happy. And so sometimes I've seen people do that. Well, look, I don't want to talk about anything negative. Well, I'm not talking about anything negative. I'm talking about the fact that your life is, is, is in the hole right now. I'm, I'm talking to you about you know, you're not experiencing success there, that you're struggling with depression and fear, and your life is being, I mean, so we got we to deal with same things if we want to see some freedom. I mean, it's truth sometimes is going to hurt. I love the great Bible story about Elijah. You know, Elijah is, is so, so picturesque, prophetic of so many of us, that here we are just serving God with all of our heart, and then the first big spiritual battle that comes along, Elijah runs for his life. So Jezebel just threatens his life, and he's just like, boom, out of here. And he runs, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs. 40 days on one meal and one, one ration of water, which is pretty amazing. He makes it to this cave where he's going to hide out. And then God shows up and basically looks at Elijah and said, what are you doing here? And of course, it's on the mountain of God. He's running to God. And God is saying, what are you doing here? And that happens to us so many times. And yet we, we find in there, he's just like, well, I just need a word from you. Well, the earthquake came. He wasn't in the earthquake, remember? You know, the, the, the torrential winds and the storm wasn't in that. It wasn't in the fire. But where was he? In the still, small voice. And when God did speak to Elijah, he said, Elijah, you made a wrong call here, buddy. 
you didn't trust me that I was going to handle Jezebel. I've got a plan. I have 7,000 people in reserve. I've got Jehu, who's ready to go. I've got all of this is going to happen. You bailed out on me. Why? Because he wanted it to be good. He wanted it to be successful. And we'll talk about that here in just a, a little bit more. But the truth is, Elijah's story is so good, and it all came down to just continuing to rely upon that still, small voice. One victory today may give birth to another battle tomorrow. But we still got to trust God. Still got to trust him, because he's in it. And then once you belong to him, then your purpose, see, we talk about purpose, purpose, purpose. Don't you think that God is, is in your purpose today as he is tomorrow, as he is 10 years from now? Absolutely. It all works together. Jesus often went away to lonely places to speak to the Father. This was an example given to the disciples to get away with God. So if, if you were to ask me for the simplest way to begin listening and hearing God is follow Jesus' example. Go and be a, get away with him. Some of the most powerful times in my life, the most, you know, when I've come to the end of myself, and I've been there probably more times than I'd like to share. But I remember one of the most significant ones in my life is when I went to Bible college and I ran smack dab into some of the hardest work I've ever done in my life. I was being overwhelmed. I was basically, you know, a mediocre student that got thrown in among a bunch of these geniuses, and it just made me feel terrible. I was just like, I can't do this. Why, God, did you call me to this? Why did you bring me all the way here to embarrass me? And I remember one night I hit the door of the dorm, just started running as hard as I could. I mean, I'm still 19, 20-year-old, best shape of my life, just sprinting right down Mont, through Montclair neighborhoods. Just, and I got to the end, and I wept. I was like, God, did I miss you somewhere? Did, why, why is this happening? Why do I feel like such an idiot? And, and the Lord just, it was funny, because he didn't say anything other than to me. He just spoke to me and said, David, it's going to be okay. You're going to see. All this is going to work out. And he did the same Elijah thing to me. He said, go back, because I was ready to bail. He said, go right back to that dorm, get, submit yourself under the leadership of those pastors, get right back into working on the school. This is all going to work out. And I remember trusting him and just saying, well, I mean, I remember it stayed on this little knoll right there in Montclair for several hours, and it just let it kind of get out of me. But I got back up, I walked back, got right back in it, 20 years later, I was the executive pastor of that, of that, of that work. I mean, I, at the time, nobody thought I would ever be that. Even Michael Fletcher said, I don't know, David. Fast forward, I'm sitting in conference rooms looking at him and saying, this is what we ought to do. And I'm going, okay, buddy. God's speaking to you. Let's do it. Jamie, am I telling the truth? You know. You were there. You were part of that. God can do it. See, what you're doubting today, what you're struggling with today is, is all part of what God wants to do. Man, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but let's keep pushing through. Insecurities. You ask many questions about that. But insecurities, when you're hearing from God, walking in the ways of God, that's going to melt away. Insecurities are just going to melt away. When one becomes self-aware and accepting of how God has made you to be. So Psalm 139, you know, insecurity is not just a young person's uh, struggle. It can be, we, we deal with this all of our lives. And often it goes like this. You get young, you know, you look at, you're starting to graduate from high school. What are you filled with? Hope, excitement regarding the future. Because what? Anything is possible. 
And that's what they tell you in school. Man, go, run, do wonderful things. Well, then a decade goes by. Well, didn't quite become everything I thought I was hoping I was going to be. That's okay. Got another decade. So then we live that decade. Uh-oh. Started to hit that 40-year zone when you begin to realize, man, if I don't jump in now, it ain't going to happen. And then you hit 50 and you realize, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. You are not what you thought you were. And you hit, this, you hit this big wall that you just kind of realize, and so many give up. 50 is actually a huge age for a lot of crazy stuff people do. I'm, I'm serious. So a lot of young folk get to look forward to. But you know what? It's a wonderful time. Because then what happens is you finally just say, well, then God, I get to accept who I am as I am. And he goes, you got it. And so, you know, the younger you are in realizing that Psalm 139 is true about you, the happier you're going to be, my friend. And what I mean is that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you just the way you are. Can you improve? Absolutely. But he's designed you to be a certain way. And if you keep comparing yourself and trying to be like other people, then, man, you're missing it. You're bypassing the glorious thing God's trying to do in you. And yet, so when you embrace that, you embrace and bloom where you're planted and, 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 and embrace the thing that God has placed right in front of you, then, man, those insecurities can just melt away. Because it's important with the self-awareness thing that you know who God has created you to be, but it's also just as important for you to understand who God has not created you to be. You know? Clint Eastwood said it. A man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> Sorry, I love that guy. Anyway, yeah, you can find some Bible's truth out there in the world somewhere. So how do I know I am in the will of God? God's will is full of peace, success, and favor with God and men. All right? So if you're looking at your life and you're wanting to know, because we had several questions, how do I know I'm in the will of God? Well, it'll look like it. It'll smell like it. Success. Your soul will find joy and peace. I mean, some, we just got to wake up and realize, am I, am I walking the, in the quiet calm? Or, is, or it, am I just smiling on Sundays and there's really anxiety and depression working on the inside? If that's what's going on on the inside, then you need to back up and just say, okay, God, what are you, what are you after? Am I on the right path? Am I doing what I should be doing? Um, you wanting to make some changes? So that's living that, that's that living sacrifice of Romans chapter 12. Several statements here. What it, you know, that could be true regarding not feeling this peace and the success that I'm talking about. And I want to challenge you Christians, challenge you on this, on this front. Because I see in our political atmosphere, a lot of people jumping into a lot of things. I mean, just all fours jumping in only to sacrifice the peace of their life. And even Paul found himself fighting against Christ. And we can do that. We can be on the wrong side of the fight, is passionately doing whatever we want, but yet way on the other side of what really God is speaking. And I really, that, that's what I want to, I really want to talk to Christian activists to ask you that one question. What is God telling you? Before you start burning stuff and marching on places and doing this, that, and the other thing? What's God saying? When we're not experiencing peace regarding or knowing the will of God, are we trying to rush God's timing? Right idea, wrong timing. I've been there many times. 
trying to push the hand of God, trying to push, push, push. Make what I instinctively know God wants to do in me, but I'm trying to make it happen. Okay, so make, getting yourself into a lot of debt to, to realize a dream. Trying to push a relationship that God is saying, maybe this is not the one. Trying to push a pathway in your life, and, and yet God is saying, look, I am not blessing it for a reason. Now, it could be, again, internal things, but it could also be that the very thing you're trying to put your hands on, it may be a good thing, but so many of us sacrifice the great for something good because we just won't wait. We've got to wait. Trust him. Wait for What I've learned after so many years of walking with God, when God does it, I'm usually blown away as to how easy it happened. Now, that's one you can take to the bank where I've just gone, Wow. I don't know that I really did anything to make that whole thing happen. It just kind of rolled out. That's cool. Because that smells and looks and is mostly God. I don't have to labor so much around that thing. God wants to bless you in another way besides the plan you're pushing for. You know, so maybe God wants to do a find and replace. Maybe the whole thing you're chasing and going and trying to build, God's saying, you know what? Um, great heart, wrong plan. And if that's the truth, as far as tactics are concerned, maybe it's time to go back and seek some counsel and get more wisdom. Because it could be just a little tweak we know can change the apogee of our life incredibly. It's a little tweak as far as decisions that are made. God wants us to be successful, but often this includes us growing on the inside in spiritual maturity too. Sometimes we outstrip with our plans God's work inside us. So yes, God wants to make us great. Yes, I, I, I believe that, that God wants to bring greatness to our life. But a lot of times, we want the greatness before God does the internal greatness. So that means we need to submit. That means we need to let God do the internal work. So I've heard it said, and know it's very true, that when God is building something, he's building a man or a woman too. And for those of you who've been with me for the last 14 years, you've known that to be true. Came in here with a lot of vision, a lot of faith, but God had to do a lot of stuff in me to help me be the kind of pastor he wanted me to be. You might say, I feel stuck. You know what? God might be in it. What you see is stuck. It may be God saying, I want you to reevaluate. You're walking in strife, and it's time to inventory your beliefs, your direction, your submission to the will of God, generally speaking. God won't get specific until you turn to him in full submission in some cases, stop blaming others for the lack of your progress. Whoa, that's a big one, isn't it? A lot of times we blame others. Well, if you would just get out, especially you young people, don't blame your parents for getting in your way. You got one set or one parent that you have in your life right now. And what, here's what's amazing is that God is going to speak through them. Because God can use anyone. Sorry, parents, but God can use anyone in spite of ourselves. I had a dad who was lost as an Easter egg. I'm serious. He did not know Christ. I ended up leading him to the Lord. But he had wisdom for me, and he was speaking it. I remember resisting it, going, but you're not saved. <laughs> Get back. But he was still my dad. And God called me to honor him. First commandment with a promise, right? Honor your father and mother in the Lord, for this is right, that it might go well with you and enjoy a long life on the earth. So I honored my dad, even when he wasn't being honorable, and yet he had words of God for me. And then all of a sudden, 
my dad comes to me because of the testimony I lived in submitting to him. He said, David, what do I got to do? I said, Dad, get down on your knees right here. We're going to give our lives to Christ. I want to help you give your life to Christ. Isn't that an awesome gift? Here I am, 17 years old, praying for my 40-something-year-old dad to give his life to Jesus. And it would not have happened if I had not said, Dad, I honor you. I, I, I don't understand you. I don't get you. And a lot of the things I know are ungodly, but God is going to use you. So getting unstuck means evaluating our beliefs and, and having more Bible in us. And see, God leads, leads us through sometimes some, some very tricky areas. And, and man, we just need, we need wisdom. We need the grace of God. We need his leading. And sometimes pride gets in our way and we end up making a bit of a mess. And we find ourselves stuck out in the, in the swamp of life, trying to figure out how we got there. So conflict in our soul is not always a bad thing. It's not. It's just like pain in our muscles. Our body is indicating to us that something's wrong. So in our spirit and our soul, it indicates something that is out of order in our thinking, in our lifestyle. Okay, that, that's big right there. Okay, that's huge. Because the really ungodly therapy or counseling often tries to deal with just the symptoms. We'll take a pill. It's not your fault. Just do something different. When biblical counseling is, no, 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 evaluate your life. Where are the lies? What are you biting into? What have you bitten into? What was given to you as a, in your family line? If you feel stuck, that it just might be the response to your soul and your spirit saying, hey, you're believing lies here. Avoid the cycle babble teachings. In other words, don't always just you know, drift to God loves me regardless of what I'm doing. Man, that's a mess. Confusion is not from God. Confidence is. That will be the result of if you want more confidence in your life, about your life, the direction of your life, listen to God. It Confidence and assurance and faith come by listening to the voice of God. Sometimes it hurts a little bit up front, but what comes it is an amazing wave of, of confidence, of knowing, okay, God told me he's got this, then he's got it. And man, have I seen it over and over again. Life is full of steps, seasons, moves, waves. The best way to handle the search for God's will for your life is to do what God wants you to do right now. Don't wish your life away. Be faithful to what he has in front of you. Often that will qualify you for something better. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? that if we win the battle today, that qualifies me for something more tomorrow. We can see that when it comes to promotions and things like that. Stacy in the fire department, isn't that the way that works? Guys that are faithful and work hard at what they do. What is in front of them is what you focus on. And it works the same way in the kingdom of God. What God has placed in your path now, your marriage, your kids, your job, your, your status, your whatever, be faithful to it and serve God right there. And then often God will then open doors for something more, if that's his plan. That's an amazing step. It's an amazing thing to, to, to learn and walk in. Bloom where we're planted, as Pastor Jamie and I were talking about. So what open doors has God given you today? It might not be the door you're looking for. It's like the guy who says he hasn't been working in years. He says he's been waiting for a management position. Dude. There's a ton of other jobs you can do that will qualify you for a management position. 
That's the way that works. And here's one, a powerful statement. Don't question in the darkness of confusion what God has already shown you in the light of clarity and peace. Jim LeFoon, a, a, a wonderful brother that, that poured into my life early on in my walk with God, shared with me this, this the first time, that don't question in the darkness what God has already shown you in the light. So in those times of darkness do come. But then that's why when God speaks to you, you really need to write it down. Be faithful, because the more you write down, the more he's going to say. I mean, God doesn't waste words, especially if you say, Lord, speak to me, and God speaks to you. Well, you better value those things. I mean, I've got journals just full of the stuff that God showed me back when I was a young man. I love to go back through it and go and just watch how God did it. So that's another thing is value the words of God. Write them down so that you can recall them. And when they happen, oh, wow, that's even more, isn't it? That's, that's joy upon joy. That's faith upon faith. That's another big step in God. But don't question it. So if God shared with you something and all of a sudden you're beginning to wonder, man, did I make a bad decision? Did I do something wrong? No, 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 that's just the enemy trying to take advantage of this moment of struggle. So your successes and learned experiences are all being put together for God's final masterpiece in you. But that will involve some shaving away of places that you, should, you think should stay. But let's all remember, he's the potter, we're the clay. We are his masterpiece. Isn't that what it's all about? And in Romans chapter 8, 28, it says, if all things work together for good, then here is a perfect place to apply that truth practically. All things work together for your good. So folks, look, he wants to speak to you. He is speaking. We believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. You have a pastor here at Valley who believes this. I know Jamie believes this. I know all our elders believe this. That... The, the, the word of God is for today, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to lead you. He wants to encourage your heart. He wants to tell you of things that, that he has planned for you. The question is, are we listening? Amen? Amen. Let's stand up this morning, and let's, let's prepare our hearts. Let's just say, Lord, we're ready to listen. Amen? Let's do it. Amen. Lord, I thank you, God, for this series. Lord, because we're, we're responding to where where people are. And where are we? Lord, we, we need to know that we're hearing your voice. God, we, we want to know that we're in the center of your will. And Lord, it all begins, God, with that, that confidence in knowing that you love us and you want us to come. So I pray right now, God, over everyone in this room, Lord, would you pour out upon us a fresh confidence? Lord, let our hunger turn into listening. Like Samuel, who said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Lord, you began to speak to Samuel. And Lord, you had many things to say. And Lord, you want to speak to us. Lord, concerning our life, concerning, Lord, how we can grow and mature, how, Lord, we can be successful. Lord, you can give us promises for the future, encouragements from the past. Lord, right now, I just want to pray and I'll just speak with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, and you're not for certain that if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven, well, the gospel is open. The doors are open. The good news is for every human being on the planet. And if you're, not, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, then I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you give your, and, and join with you in giving your life to him. If that's what you want, would you raise your hand up? Anyone in this room, first time, but you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ. 
Amen. Lord, then for the rest of us, God, we are blood-bought, your people, and Lord, you're ready to speak to us. So God, I pray over every ear in this room, every spiritual ear, Lord, that right now you pour out, God, a fresh uh, sense of discernment, and Lord, Holy, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would begin to train us, train our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking in these days for our lives, Lord, that we might walk the path, Lord, of your faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Valley's podcast. Valley Community Church is located at 1215 Julian R. Allsbrook Highway in Weldon, North Carolina. We invite you to attend one of our Sunday morning services at 8.30, 10, or 11.30 a.m. Visit us at valleychurch.us or our Valley app for more information about our ministry.